Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Should you ever set foot outside of the motel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan. Welcome back. A big weekend of Bundesliga action. Here are some of the notable results. RB Leipzig with the big 5-1 win over Stuttgart. Uh, we've got Wolfsburg beating Köln 2-1. Leverkusen 3-0 over Mönchengladbach. Union Berlin 4-1 over Darmstadt. And Freiburg 1-0 over Werder Bremen. And Bayern Munich a 3-1 win over Augsburg featuring two goals from one. Harry Kane. We're going to touch on that in just a second. Um, but let's start out with uh, Leverkusen. Bayern Leverkusen. Ooh, Off to a mm. scorching start. 3-0 over Mönchengladbach. They took down Leipzig in week one. 3-2. They now have six goals in two games. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I believe Victor Boniface. Boniface. Yeah. This guy. He's looking like a bona fide goal scorer oh, since coming I see from. What you Where did he come from? Union Saint-Gilles. And what I love about this as well, Jonas Hoffman, back-to-back games, assisting on Jonathan Todd. Defenders getting in, Leverkusen showing that they can score in multiple facets. But this right there, Make Florian Burtz slotting in Boniface. That's a connection that Xabi Alonso is going to want to see more of throughout the season. This kid is a bucket, and I love what Xabi Alonso's doing, playing that 3-4-3, transitions it to a five at the back if he needs a more defensive. But they press as soon as they lose the ball, and when they get it back, it is turn, face goal, and go, go, go. It's a very exciting style of play. It's very exciting for Bayer Leverkusen. They're not at the top of the league right now, but they will be contending for this trophy. And how funny would it be if – Harry Kane goes to Bayern and they don't win the trophy. <laughs> how funny would that be? Well, we're we're going to see how good this Leverkusen side is. September 15th against Bayern Munich, they get to test their, test their credentials. Uh-huh. They've already gotten a solid result against Leipzig, 3-2, getting your goal scorers off the mark. Boniface, I think, had an assist in that game. Last season, Xabi Alonso did wonders in the Europa League and wonders in the Bundesliga, keeping this core group of youngsters that are very solid, that are going to gel, and they have a base. Jonathan Ta, captain material in the back. Him and Edmund Tapsoba, I think that's a solid partnership that doesn't get enough credit in the Bundesliga. Mistake-free sort of football is what they need to play. And up top, when you have a striker like Boniface. What they missed last season was a center forward. Patrick Schick, injury woes. You saw how good and integral Patrick Schick was the season before that when he was healthy, banging in goals. Now they have a juggernaut of a striker in Boniface that links up the entire play. Yeah. Juggernaut's a great term. And we talked last uh, last year 
year when he was playing so well with Unonia San Gioa in uh, European competition. Where, what is that level? It clearly is higher than Unonia San Gioa, uh, but where is the level? Where can he go? We were talking about Manchester United, Nita. And, and I remember Charlie saying that might not be it just yet. To see him go to a team like uh, Bayer Leverkusen and immediately making an impact and showing he is that guy. You get the ball to his feet. At the very least, he's going to put a very good shot on frame. That's all you really need if you're playing in the system because you're going to get a lot of opportunities. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I, it was Nico and Charlie going on and on about Leverkusen. Yeah, about yeah. this guy and, the, and their chances this this season and how they, I mean, they agree. They said that, like, this is a team to watch. This could be a legitimate contender for the title. Um, but let's chat Bayern quickly uh, because they got the 3-1 win over Augsburg. And Harry Kane bagged two more mm-hmm. goals. Um, mm-hmm. His wife also welcomed their first Baby, a baby boy named named Henry, I believe. So a big, big weekend for Harry Kane. Yeah, three goals on the season already. I mean, he's clearly doing well. There he goes from the spot. Can't ask for more than that. Mm-hmm. But this is the goal. This yeah. is why Harry Kane yeah. was brought in. Last season, this would not have been in the back of the net. Cheeky finish. He's a striker that thrives on service. Now he's getting it all around him. It's good to see Alfonso Davies as well doing Alfonso Davies things, keeping it simple, making the overlapping run, and then slotting it to Harry Kane. I think Harry Kane is the right man for Bayern, and it's already showing. He said after the game, too, that he's really he's loving the chemistry that he's finding on this team. And I, I I think that's that's a good indication when you're when you're scoring goals, you're feeling good, you're doing the job that they brought you to do. Um, for Kerry Kane, I think that that's really that's really important to have gotten off to a a, a good start because yeah. if you like, there's so much pressure, yeah. right, Julio? You Absol- know, like if, if he wasn't producing goals right now, people would be like, oh no, yep. you know, like. This was a this was a bad move for for both sides, but that's got to just be a huge relief for him. Yeah, we spoke about it earlier with Pulisic getting into AC Milan and scoring goals right away. Even we see it in in MLS with with Messi, he's scoring goals right away. So for goal scores, confidence is king for every single player. But for goal scores to be able to get that monkey off your back as quick as possible. This is what Harry Kane has done. And like you said, Michael, they brought him in to score goals. He looks very confident. He looks happy, I think, Susanna. That's, that's the biggest thing. And, and the chemistry, whenever you can catch that, that rhythm into a new locker room off the spin, you're destined for greatness. And Harry Kane is looking to get them the title that they need. But is Bayern Leverkusen going to oh, stop that? Yeah. What's, what's going to be the vibe Alexis here? Put that out this is going to be some interesting. <laughs> right, I'm not the one wearing schedules. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you keep scoring goals, he can wear whatever he wants. I don't know. Schedules? No. He's a dad. That's a He's a dad. In a New York way, that's a dub, dude. That's a dub. That's a very good point. Now that he is a dad, it's like, yeah. That's actually a great point. I wouldn't. Dads wear J's. Dads wear forces. Come on. Yeah, like, he can't. Sketchers. But it's Harry Kane. It's, yeah. It does fit it's Harry Kane. It does fit. That is true. It does, it does fit him. It does fit. Like on the first hot wing in Hot Ones. That's a, that, that's that a was, Harry Kane. That was a good video. I saw that's that. A <laughs> that's a Sketchers. That's a Sketchers type of move. It's very on brand for him. My only question becomes, who's his Hinming son on this team? Can it be Alfonso Davies? Alfonso Davies wants to play more attacking. Mm. Can that be the guy he links up with time after time? I could I'm see really it being Leroy Sané. I could see it Leroy Sané, baller, injury in the middle of last season was Byron's go-to player in the group stage of the Champions League, but yeah. like him a lot in that yeah. partnership. How much does Skechers have to pay you for you to never wear a pair of forces ever again in your life? To never, not even wear Skechers, just never wear forces? You have to wear Because I got them Sch- on feet. I'm sorry. Right. You have to wear only Skechers and you can, can never you wear a pair of forces man? or gaze in your life. Doing, uh, uh, 
Uh, let's just say <laughs> Al Halal. Al Halal. Name Project more numbers. <laughs> I need the private jet. Send the PJ. Yes. Sketches. Wow. Okay. Uh, let's move it along to uh, some other notable results around Europe. <laughs> <laughs> They're not a sponsor, are they? Oh my God. Uh, Verona beat Roma 2-1. PSG get their first win over of the season. A 3-1 win over Lens. Um, the Villarreal Barcelona match was a great mm. one. Barcelona getting the 4-3 win there. Uh, Juventus Bologna, a 1-1 draw. And Napoli beat Sassuolo 2-0. But let's chat about uh, this Barcelona result because this game was, was wild. And uh, a late game winner from Robert Lewandowski. But um, the, the young kid, 16-year-old Barcelona player, Lamin Yamal, with the assist on the first goal, Julio. 16! Hey. 16 years old. You know, football tells no age. It's just about if you got swag and sauce. And that's exactly what we're seeing here. The service is time to perfection, but the head down into the turf is what allows the goal to go in. Barcelona starts the scoring, but this one got real thick as far as a plot is concerned. It's exciting to see a 16-year-old come in and play well. FC Barcelona needs this, man. Yeah. They can't, they can't yeah. survive on just going out and buying expensive players. They've pulled every lever. They've sold all their digital rights for the next 25 years. There's only so much they can do to see them bring in a youth player and, and have them be able to, to start quick, get it, get in, be exciting, give the fans something to be excited about. That's really, really dope to see, and they need this bad. Yeah, they do. Uh, they've got seven points to to start the season, which is uh, you'd take it, you know, yeah. any mm -hmm. any day of the week. For you, are they still a? Uh, yeah, the, the, they're the, slow. The top. They're, they're starting slow. Last season, they started very slow. Ended up winning the league. Real Madrid came out of the woodwork and came in second place. This is a Barcelona side that's still building, and it's good to see La Masia. Still mm -hmm. producing talent generation after generation. And Xavi is the right manager to put an arm around Yamal and mm -hmm. guide him forward. Yeah. Xavi said something that upset a, lot of, upset a lot of the players. He said there's no such thing as starters and subs. Everyone's going to be used how they're best used. You may start one day, you may not, because I may need you as a sub. So to see that and to see this kid getting, getting an opportunity goes to show, with him saying that and the kid playing well, this goes to show we may see this kid play for a very, very significant minutes, significant moments for the season. Future is bright. All right, um, we're going to take a break, uh, but Claudia will be back with some headlines when we return. Stick around. We'll be right back. I wear no schedule. But <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back. Here's a look at Monday's footy fix for you. We've got some Serie A action to look forward to. Salernitana taking on Udinese at 12.30 p.m. Eastern. We also have Calgary versus Inter Milan at 2.45. You can watch both of those matches on Paramount+. Plus. Also, Rayo Vallecano versus Atletico Madrid, 3.30 p.m. on ESPN. But right now, we are going to send it over to Claudia Pagan, who has some more headlines for us. Take it away, Claudia. Well, guys, we start with some Americans abroad news and some bad news for Josh Sargent. The U.S. men's national team in Norwich City striker had been on a tear, scoring three goals in Norwich City's first four league matches. But he could be facing an extended spell on the sidelines after being injured as he scored in the Canaries' 4-0 win over Huddersfield. Norwich manager David Wagner called the ankle injury that Sargent suffered a serious one, an injury that's likely to cost him a chance for a September U.S. men's national team call-up. 
And in transfer news, Sergio Ramos is close to securing his next club move, and the former Real Madrid captain is poised for a return to the UEFA Champions League. According to multiple reports, Ramos is finalizing a free transfer to Turkish champions Galatasaray. Ramos turned down a lucrative offer from Saudi side Al Ittihad and appears set for one more run in the Champions League after spending the past two seasons with PSG. Now, while Ramos turned down the Saudi Pro League, there's another player who signed on the dotted line. Saudi side Al-Ali has officially announced the reported $38 million transfer for Spanish midfield sensation Gabri Vega from Celta Vigo. Al-Ali beat out Napoli and Real Madrid for the services of the 21-year-old who will m- make more than $32 million tax-free over three seasons with the Saudi Giants. In international coaching news, Roberto Mancini has officially been announced as the new head coach of the Saudi Arabia national team. Mancini stepped down from his role as Italian national team manager two weeks ago and has accepted the Saudi Arabia job, which will reportedly pay him $27 million a year. Luciano Spalletti was hired as Mancini's replacement as Italy's head coach. Now, the Luis Ruiales scandal has become the biggest story in world football and the Spanish Federation president's refusal to resign following his shocking behavior at the Women's World Cup final has led FIFA to step up. Football's governing body has provisionally suspended Rubiales from all football-related activities, while the Spanish Federation has called a, quote, extraordinary and urgent meeting today to deal with Rubiales. The Spanish government has filed a formal complaint seeking his removal, and Rubiales' mother has reportedly locked herself in a church and gone on a hunger strike in protest of the treatment of her son. Susanna, when we were talking about what we were going to talk about in the meeting earlier today, and we said we're going to talk about more Luis Rubiales. There's more news about him. I just saw your face drop a little bit. I could see what I think looked like a bit of frustration, that there's more news coming out of this, and it seems more and more frustrating. I mean, have you, have you, you think of a situation that's been this frustrating and just, you just feel sometimes a bit defeated in a way? I mean, as women, I think that there are, are too many incidents of frustration, uh, especially, you know, when it comes to, you know, the fight for equal pay and, and you know, these teams that we saw in the World Cup uh, battling with their federations to, to get funding and even be on the pitch. Look, uh, this whole situation is... It's, it's, it's beyond infuriating. It's beyond maddening. And, you know, his mom locking herself in a, in a church on a, on a hunger strike because, God, for, how do they do this to my son? Well, guess what? You know what? Your, your son is a trash human being and your son is entitled and your son is the epitome of toxic masculinity right now. And he brought this on himself. And I think that there is this this old school mentality and, and you know, you saw it in, in his speech when he refused to back down and, and people, you know, the men applauding him and the people that have, have enabled this kind of behavior. It needs to stop. This type of behavior is, it's not acceptable. It needs to stop and people need to be held accountable. And I'm tired of Men like that and in this, you know, in this, this male-dominated society that we live in, you have, to, you have to pick out those moments like that when it is so egregious and you need people to say, this is wrong. This, this cannot be tolerated. And, and you have to call people out on it. And I'm just, I'm tired of the enablers and I'm, I'm 
glad that people are starting to speak out, and it was great to see some of the support from around uh, the different leagues um, this this weekend supporting Jenny Hermoso. But I'm just it's just an infuriating conversation to have, and I'm and I'm there needs to be more we more people need to say that this isn't this isn't acceptable because no. it, it's just it just gets enabled and it gets perpetuated and then we continue to have these conversations claudia and well you know it's interesting when i look this up sometimes people call it kind of like a cultural thing like i was looking up um that people it's, a, it's in, an people, excuse people in people in spain were like mm, no. like uh, you know i don't see that big of this a difference with it and and this is a problem you can use that as an excuse all you want Oh, it's a cultural thing. It's a generational thing. No, it's not okay anymore. It's not okay to use that as an excuse. And that is what I mean when people need to be called out on their bad behavior, because this is not how we evolve as a society. It's not. And I'm just tired. I'm tired of having conversations like this and, and trying to defend what is so clearly, uh, you know, the... I don't just like the, a basic a basic right of, of of women of human beings. Like all we're asking is to be treated like like human beings. It's so simple, and it's just you know it's a fight that unfortunately so many other people have to go up against as well. But the thing is, you need to call th these people out when it happens. Otherwise, nothing changes. Very well yeah. said. And uh, it's not a cultural thing. I've been to Spain no. many times. At no point did someone kiss me for no reason. At, yeah. no, at no point did someone walk up to me or someone I was with and just kiss me. It's not a cultural thing. And I don't care if your mama's in a church. Good, because she needs Jesus if she's backing you up on this. Mm. This is absolutely horrific. And uh, it, I, the Spanish Federation is an embarrassment to international football yeah. right now. How dare you say it's an obligation for you to play for the national team? How dare you not have the backs of your own players when they all come complain about a coach and tell them that they better apologize if they want to play on the national team. How dare you say you're going to sue a player who is a victim? How dare you not have your own players back? You are an embarrassment. All the good that winning the Euros, the World Cup, and the Euros back-to-back-to-back -to -back -to -back did for your nation that made your own nation feel proud to wave the Spanish flag again. All of that good completely undone by this. You are an embarrassment international football. Very well said. And it's a shame that we have to keep talking about this. I, it's, yeah. You know the thing that also just absolutely drives me nuts. <laughs> the Spanish women, they just won the World yeah. Cup. We're not even yeah. talking yeah. about it. We're not even talking about it. Yeah. Like, come that's, on. Yeah, yeah that, that, that's the most disappointing part amongst so many disappointing things about this is that gets tarnished, that gets put all the way in the back burner because of this psychopath and his own agenda. The fact that he's thinking that he's a victim in any way, and the fact that it's taken this long for anything to be enacted, that it took the international community to stand up and say something, that's an embarrassment in itself. He should have been sacked. Still can't believe he's just suspended. He needs to be sacked right away. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. It's just so it's so egregious. And Susanna, to your point, the enablers just absolutely kill me. Yeah. When he stands up and makes this speech and then a room full of men speaking and analyzing female issues stand up and clap for him. It's just it's gross. It's it's completely disgusting. And again, how many times are we going to just talk about basic human rights? Women need to feel just as comfortable in the game or any space in life as, as their male counterparts. It's a very simple thing. And if we're talking about this is culture in Spain, why are Spanish players saying that this is not okay? It makes absolutely no sense. There's, it's, it's ridiculous and I, I don't know, to your, to your point, Spain being an embarrassment to, to international football right now, you couldn't have said it any better, but 
Susanna, we are, we're, we're here with you. We're here with all of the women in the, in the game. It's, it, there's no place for this. Yeah. And yeah. you got you to gotta step down, bro. You got to leave, bro. It's Especially a tournament where, like, records are broken. I, I wouldn't even You know, him. ratings, tickets, all the excitement around this tournament. Yeah. Yeah. This is, it's always one step forward, two steps back. And yep. it's never the women's fault. It's always yeah. the, 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 the sort of authority around them that finds a way to ruin it for them. Yeah. yeah. Well, I appreciate you guys, and I'm glad I get to sit at a desk with uh, a bunch of allies. Good job. Good job, guys. Keep doing the good work. Um, okay, we're going to take a break. Plenty more to come on Morning Footy when we return. Don't go anywhere. Labonta with a strike, and it finds the back of the net. What a strike. Welcome back, Michelle Alosia. The points are split, 1-1. Up to Weaver, beautiful pass. Morgan Weaver chips it in. Wow. It ends in a 1-1 draw. Skims over, ball deflects to the penalty spot off the crossbar and in. Marta continues, swings the cross. Adriana snaps it home. Corner through, rising header. San Diego ahead again. Welcome back. Another weekend of NWSL action in the books. Here's a look at the notable results. San Diego with the big 2-1 win over Orlando. Houston and KC Current. That one ends in a 1-1 draw, as does NC Courage and Chicago. Washington and Portland, another 1-1 draw there. We have a scoreless draw between Gotham FC and Louisville. And Angel City with the 2-1 win over the OL Reign, who are on a three-match losing streak. So for more on some NWSL, we are absolutely delighted to bring in the one and only Sandra Herrera. Sandra, great to see you this morning. Good morning, y'all. Happy to be here with you. Yeah. Is this your, have you been on, you've not been on Morning Footy when I've been on. Is this your, have you been on before? Uh, not, I've, I've done Box to Box. Y'all can find me on A3, but no, this is this is my morning <gasps> this footy This is your debut. morning footy oh. debut. We've got two people making their morning footy debuts. This is a big day. Big day. Two um, superstars making their debuts. I know. I know. Let's I love go. it. All right. Okay. So let's chat um, about this San Diego Orlando match because uh, a big a big win for San Diego. But what was so great to see was Abby Dahl Kemper back and getting on the score sheet in this one. This is a, a woman who literally had her back fused last year. And when you think about what that recovery takes and to see her back on the pitch and scoring goals, how, how cool was that for you to see? We love a story arc in NWSL, and when you sort of see this happen in, in real time, I think there's, um, you know, no better kind of continuity to sort of take a look at when it comes to Abby Dalkemper. So to have gone through what she went through off of the pitch, to try to get back to this moment, to score that opening goal for Orlando Pride is massive. I mean, this is the player that the Wave essentially signed for as first player ever in San Diego Wave history. The player that was kind of going to be the face, the player that they wanted to, to build around moving forward and kind of letting everyone know this is going to be a team that prides itself on, on defense. And they went out and they got themselves a World Cup winning center back and then to kind of have to go through everything that you went through to get to that moment was uh, was very very special and it came at a really good time because the wave kind of going through some bumps and some bruises along the way during Challenge Cup and then kind of having a little bit of a of a you know not so much of a winning streak going on there into the regular season as the World Cup took a break I think to get a pretty definitive win like this was was good for them in the playoff push going forward. 
Uh, yeah, so they um, are now. So how, how realistic do you think it is for, for San Diego to, to be in that playoff picture? Like, how much does a win like this kind of give them a little bit of a boost? No, it's it's huge. Look, it's at this point with all with week 17 in the books, there's about five games or so remaining in the regular season. And I think as everyone kind of made this return uh, post World Cup break, that one through six spot in the standings, very, very narrow. It's still very narrow. You're talking like a matter of points just separating number one through number five. So not only is playoff positioning still on the line, but that shield is still pretty in play for a number of teams. And, and the way you kind of want to show that they're not in a little bit of a sophomore slump, right? They want to improve on what they did last year. They hosted a home se- uh, quarterfinal. They want to try to go a little bit further, eliminated in the semifinals. And look, I think sometimes when you have so much success, like they did as an expansion side first year in the league, there's going to be you're setting that bar for yourself. You're setting that level of expectation. So to try to find yourself in long stretches of a grind, grinding season where maybe you're hitting some bumps and bruises and people start asking questions of of the performances of the coach at times and so to get another win to sort of build off on another win streak after they had gone winless three games prior I think is really really good for them. Sandra speaking of bumps and bruises top of the table Portland Thorns they got a big bump and bruise in Sophia Smith how big of a blow is this for their title aspirations and supporter shield aspirations. I think the Thorns are going to try to look at silver linings right now. First of all, there's no actual official diagnosis yet for Sophia Smith. I think Mike Norris saying at the end of uh, postgame to media that they don't have the any official diagnosis. They're going to have to go through the process of things, obviously get, uh, you know, medical evaluations for, for the knee, for the leg right now, just swelling, but nothing concrete that he could have given us on Sophia Smith at this time. Now, in terms of the actual team, this is the deepest team in the league. Does the possibility of not having a Sophia Smith down this final third of the season loom pretty big for this team? Absolutely. But we saw their response in this game a bit. They are able to tap into that that deep bench, probably the deepest squad in the league. I might say O.O. Rain could compete with that title as well. But they have shown that they have the pieces uh, to rotate, whether it's in, in that front line or formation if they want to try to switch things up tactically. Uh, But look, if you are losing your MVP for a significant amount of time, that weighs on on the team. At the very least, your teammates who go out there and fight with you week in and week out, that's a bummer for them, right? But in terms of NWSL, there's not going to be a lot of teams that are going to be sorry for you along the way that you've lost such a prolific player in a playoff push. So, uh, of course, we'll have to see what the official diagnosis is of that, see how long um, Sophia Smith may or may not be out. But uh, in terms of just a potential loss for even the league, that absolutely sucks. You don't want to have one of your superstars miss any time. Sandra, I want to ask about the post-World Cup, post-Challenge Cup too many cups, by the way. Uh, but post <laughs> both of these cups gap, uh, which team can can sort of make that comeback to get into the playoffs? In particular, I want to ask you about Angel City because they've got nine without losing, but it's a lot of draws. They're still only in ninth place. Can they make this marquee team actually be on the marquee? 
I think you have to look a little bit at the time that's left. You have to take a look a little bit at how they played. You've mentioned there's been a lot of draws. They got a pretty definitive win against the the rain the other the, just last night. But you also have to take a look at, at the teams that are in front of them as well. So not only do they have to make this push to get themselves closer to that playoff line, but to break through it, they're going to have to not only go through uh, racing, Orlando Pride, but oh, 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 rain, Washington Spirit, Gotham FC. You know, these are and those are three teams at four, five and six. Gotham Spirit and Rain, who have been pretty consistent. They have seen themselves throughout the duration of these 17 weeks in that upper half of the table. So it's not going to be easy for Angel City. But if anything else, if we're looking at kind of the other side of the coin, the good things for this franchise, you're going to look at a really good win against O.L. Rain, where they kind of were able to go out there for 90 minutes, keep it in control, walk away with all three points. You want to get those type of wins, period. But also against top contender type of teams. It does something for the locker room. It does something for morale. But on the other side of this, it also maybe asks questions of the franchise a little bit. We're looking at interim Becky Tweed doing all of this great work with this squad. I'm sure folks will take a look back at the end of the season and say, hey, maybe that shift should have happened a little bit earlier in, in the season. Maybe it went too long. But the players are clearly responding to the new energy from the head coach, and they've got them, and she's got them winning a lot of games, well, a lot of important games, we'll just say at this point, but getting results where maybe they weren't getting them before. So it's massive for Angel City. I expect them to continue to play spoiler a little bit going through, but they've got not only two teams in front of them, but some pretty good teams to try to get through that uh, top six. Sandra, absolutely crushing your morning footy debut. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us this morning. We appreciate you. Thanks for having me, y'all. All right, guys, we are going to take a break. We'll be right back. Good evening from New York City. What a month it's been for Inter-Miami. They've got to find a way to get 26 points out of the final 12 games. Jordi Alba, what a touch. Oh, what a ball to Messi. Twisting and turning, still has it. Plays Holsey. Cincinnati with a perfect response to the most difficult week of their season. Bart ball is Welcome back. Here's a look at some of the notable results from a weekend of MLS action. Some big ones here. Charlotte with the 2-1 win over LAFC. Orlando City's big win over St. Louis City 2-1. Um, Atlanta United 4-0 over Nashville SC. Sorry, Jaleel. We're, we are going to make you talk about that. <laughs> Philadelphia get the 3-1 win over DC United and uh, LA Galaxy 3-0 over the Chicago Fire, LA Galaxy, maybe trying to make a yeah. little late season push. Um, but right now, let's chat um, about the Copa Tejas. We had a Texas Derby matchup between FC Dallas and Austin FC. And, and as a, you know, the voice of Austin, <laughs> it didn't go so well for your boys in, in this one. What, uh, what happened? This was a 1-0 loss for, for Austin, and it came down to a, a very a late game winner for, for Dallas. But... What's, what's going on? What's going on with your guys? The break for the Leagues Cup couldn't have come at a worse time because they were rolling. But it's been moments like this, defending and defending in some of the worst ways possible have cost Austin FC games. We're not even going to touch the St. Louis game because that never happened in my mind. But this play <laughs> right here, 
This is the second time this season against FC Dallas at Austin FC gave up a goal at the death. Jesus Ferreira did it the first time at Q2 Stadium earlier, and Tafari. The worrying sign about that was moments prior, Austin FC had a chance. John Gallagher stormed down the field on the counterattack and hit the crossbar. FC Dallas go back and bang one in. That's that sort of feeling when you feel like the season might be slipping away from you as a player, that you start to have doubts in your mind. Mm. But it can all go back the other way if you get a response in the next couple games. It's crunch time now for the Verde and Black. And, you know, you called on the right person because I, I am wearing Verde. Why do you think they have not been able to consistently put together a string of results? You know, it feels like they kind of catch fire for a little bit, but it's just, it's just it's felt wildly inconsistent as opposed to last year where they were cruising at this point in the season. I think injuries. Yeah. Injuries to key players. Sebastian Driussi yeah. has been injured throughout. Injuries to the entire back yeah. line. That's why you have to go and get players like Matt Hedges making a return to FC Dallas. The season before, there wasn't many injuries. In the inaugural season, it was injuries galore. That will disrupt any sort of rhythm and flow that you have. And then you end up trading one of your marquee players in Diego Fagundes to the LA Galaxy. And I know Austin FC fans watching are still kind of raw about that one. And it's going to take time for Memo Rodriguez to get into flow, but he's got to get in the flow sometime soon. And also, not getting an out-and-out -out striker who will score your goals for you. Jossi Zardes is showing flashes of it. Max Aruti, not the same guy. Up front, the goal production isn't the same as it was last year. Consistent. There was a while where it wasn't Gallagher their leading goal scorer yeah. at the beginning yeah. of the yeah. season. MLS yeah. All-Star, It was yeah. an MLS All-Star. When you, when you have that, especially in a conference like the Western Conference, you're going to need output. You yeah. can't have one of your wingbacks being your leading goal scorer. Nope. And John Gallagher is playing out of his mind throughout this season. Credit to him. Take nothing away from him. Inspirational story. He's naturally a winger or a striker playing as a, a wingback. But the, the lack of production from Driussi, the inconsistency from Zardes, Ethan Finley sometimes getting going. Mm -hmm. I think Emiliano Ragoni not living up to the building. Yeah. A couple issues up front. Yeah. Well, now, FC Dallas hopscotch you. Mm -hmm. You're now in ninth place. Creeping up with a game in hand is Minnesota. Uh, favorite mm -hmm. on this show. There's a chance you're out of a playoff position in one game. The next couple games are going to be massive. Yeah. Wednesday night at home to Seattle, you have to get a response against a Seattle team that comes to Q2 and is finicky. <sighs> and then you go to New England, which that's a really difficult place to play. So tough schedule coming up. It is a tough Two schedule. Tough teams. All right. Oh, Jaleel, it's your turn. <laughs> I'm sorry. Can we get like a flame from the bottom sorry. of the screen for when these two guys <laughs> are <laughs> the, good news, the good news is that, that Nashville are, are solidly in the in the playoff picture. Yeah. And, you know, they're coming off, obviously, that heartbreaking loss in, in the League's Cup final, which they played so well in. Uh, but this match against Atlanta, they've never lost by four goals. Nashville has never lost by four goals, Jaleel, which, you know, is a testament to their performances that they've been able to put together. But what, for you, what, what went wrong here? Is this just kind of a, a indicative of like the, the congestion of schedule or what, where, where did it go wrong? Yeah, it's two things. League's Cup hangover, no, no two ways about it. And then the second thing is, this is an Atlanta side who's, they're balling. They went up to Seattle, they got a result. Gonzalo, Gonzalo Pineda gets, you know, maybe that revenge match, if you will, going back to, to his familiar confines. And that's really how they've been able to parlay 
a League's Cup that wasn't so great for them into prolific MLS play, and they showed it against Nashville. And, you know, you have to take into account Nashville was out with, without their captain. Walker Zimmerman was out. Two players in Fafa Pico and Taylor Washington on, on red card suspension from mm -hmm. the previous MLS match, which seems like a decade ago, but a month ago against Cincy. So, you know, all of those factors combined into Atlanta playing at home. Upper Bowl was, was packed out as well. It was lit in Mercedes-Benz Stadium for Atlanta fans. For Nashville fans, it was one where they're going to have to pick themselves up really quickly mm -hmm. because you got into Miami at Miami Ooh, on Wednesday. Oh, a little rematch. Mm -hmm. Rematch, they're presenting the trophy. It's, oh, it doesn't, it doesn't so get easier for Nashville, but the whole theme of MLS right now, it's not going to get easier for anybody. That everybody is in the stage of the season where the proof is in the pudding. If you want to be in the playoffs, you want to host games uh, early in the mm -hmm. playoffs, you got to be balling right now. And that's, that's that secret sauce that's always difficult to find. How do you really grow into the ascendancy going into you know, late August, September, and of course, the October And that's month. really important for you because yeah. Geodis Park is a, like, that's a, that's a fort for you guys. Yeah, yeah. Playing at home is, is a part of that secret sauce for Nashville. So you need to play well at this point. First of all, any team's got to be hot on the way into the playoffs. Mm -hmm. is the only way to win MLS Cup. You got to get hot at the right time. Now starts to seem like the time. We've got about, what, 10, uh, 10 games for some, 12 yeah. games for some. Yeah, yeah. Right now is when you got to hit this, you got to hit the, you got to hit the ground running. But for Nashville, as important, that fan base, we talked about it a little bit. When Messi went there, that was the only hostile environment he's had. Yeah. You know, Nashville fans were actually booing him. Everywhere else, it's a messy home game. So this is huge. It's it's going to be a big deal for Nashville. If they want to go far in the playoffs, they need to get those home games. I'm not worried about this Nashville side one bit. I agree the League's Cup hangover. This is a Nashville side that in seasons past has been cooking mm -hmm. this time of year. It's what led to Hani Mukhtar's MVP caliber season last year. The fact that Hani was cooking in the League's Cup gives me confidence in Nashville. They'll be in the playoffs. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And to Susanna, your earliest point, Nashville has is reaping the benefits of uh, an amazing first half of the season. Mm -hmm. They started off, they were absolutely balling out. And Hani Mukhtar gets the help that he's needed since CJ Sapong 2021 summer. Sam Surich, this kid is a baller. Like him. Absolute yeah. baller. Comes into the team, hits the ground running. I, I have to say, Nashville's one of the most wholesome locker rooms. It's just so many good guys, and he fits right into that. But no one really cares how good of a guy you are in this business unless you could ball out and this kid can play. I yeah. love, I really love the team that Nashville has has built because I you you look at the at the roster and there's there's just so many guys on that team that have such good MLS experience. Absolutely. Like good MLS players. Yep. And I think that that is so underrated and so important in this league because it's it's fluky. It's you know you yeah. have to you have to know those those weird little quirks and and nuances about major league soccer to be successful. And I love I don't think Gary Smith Thank you. Yep. It's enough credit. Flowers. Because this man if you look at his overall record I wish I had the numbers. I don't. I, I did see it and I was like I need to write this down and I didn't. But he he has, he has a really exceptional record. He has also won an MLS Cup before mm -hmm. with, with Colorado. And mm -hmm. the, way, the way that he manages this team, and yes, you know, we can talk about Nashville being a very defensive-minded team, but that's what wins championships. Yep. And it's worked for him before. And I think that he's just one of the most underrated coaches. And I love, I love what he's done with this club. I love his demeanor. Um, I, I, I just think that he should get more 
more shine than yeah. he does. Gary Smith has gotten the best out of this group. And I think, you know, from 2020 when we started to now, this team is, you know, just continuously getting better and better. And that's credit to Gary Smith. That's credit to Mike Jacobs, Ian Ayer, John Ingram, all of them doing amazing work down in Nashville. And that's what's making, you know, a Southern household story becoming a global one. Yeah. By the way, no better word has ever been used for MLS. Fluky. That is absolutely <laughs> perfect. That, I've never heard a word more perfectly chosen. Amazing. Thanks so much for watching, guys. Hey, Julio, well done. Congrats. We'll, we'll do it done. again tomorrow. Bye, guys. Have a great day. Bye, you, Peter.